I want to talk to this man who doesn't back down from a challenge. A Grateful Dead documentary. Wow. What made you say, I'll do that? You know, uh, I think some people who were involved in this were interested because it had never been done. For me, uh, that was part of the challenge, but I have to say that, you know, these films take so long to make, even even if they're less uh, overtly challenging than uh, the Grateful Dead documentary, that you, you end up having to kind of tell yourself, well, why do I think this story is interesting right now? Why would I bring it up at a dinner party or something like that? Um, and, and, and so, you know, just saying, well, there's never been a Grateful Dead documentary and it's their 50th anniversary, which is actually when we initially started. We didn't make that deadline. Um, is, is not sufficient. You have to find that the story is kind of interesting for right now. And I have to say, I think the example of the Grateful Dead and the example of Jerry Garcia are vital right now. I don't think it's ancient history. I think the way that they conducted themselves, the the way they struggled with celebrity and didn't want to kind of hold themselves up above other people and felt like they could have a, a kind of a more authentic relationship with their audience if they were partners is something that I think our culture is lacking today. So, you know, it's a long-winded answer, but that's, that, those are the kind of reasons why I was gravitating towards this story. Not so much that, you know, I'm fascinated by the 1960s or anything like that, but that I really, like, as a parent, want my kids to know that people can act this way with one another and not the way we do these days. We do politically and uh, culturally. Now, how do you get that point across that this is a vital story to tell today because this is what's lacking today? How do you get that yeah. across without yeah, saying Yeah, I mean, you it? don't do it didactically. Right, exactly. Well, you're exactly right. I mean, I might say it to you, but it's not, it's not overtly said in the film. That would be, you know, kind of silly. The fun thing about this story is that you know, there are, it's baked right into it. You know, the, the Grateful Dead gave away their music for free. People said they were crazy and, they, you know, that they'd never great, uh, grow a fan base that way um, or make money or be able to feed their family. Um, they treated their, their roadies and their organization like equals as a collective. I'd be lying if I said that always worked. The roadies were infamously anarchic and their organization was chaotic. And, you know, it's one of the reasons it took 14 years for this film to get made is they don't make decisions easily or quickly. But there's that old saying, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Well, the Grateful Dead didn't move very fast because they moved in a big, great heap of mm. people. Uh, but they are still, we're still talking about them right now. They have more longevity in the cultural imagination than many of the bands that had the kind of astronomical rise and fit the uh, sort of celebrity bill better. Sorry about the right. sound here on no, the street of New York. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> that adds yeah. a little ambiance. Yeah, right. Okay. So let me ask you this Dead fans are just sticklers for detail because, you know, they taped most of the shows and they've memorized yeah. the dates of the concerts. Did you right. feel any, I'm sure you did feel like some, a little intimidation to get the story sure. straight. Well, I am a dead fan, you know, I put the pressure on myself, you mm -hmm. know, um, but I, I, I have to say that I think the film, the, the, the reviews that I've been most excited about haven't been the reviews from my fellow fans who are excited by it, but rather people who say they don't like this band or they didn't like this band. They didn't know there was anything interesting about it. And the film succeeds as a piece of storytelling, which you don't have to be a fan to, to enjoy. That that we keep hearing, you know, and that's really rewarding to me because I, I didn't want it to be a film for fans. I wanted to make new fans. And also just because I think this is this is a really interesting story. I mean, as I mentioned, you have in the example of Jerry, a, a guy who really um, didn't want to be 
put on a pedestal. And that made people admire him even more and put him on an even higher pedestal. So he struggled with that. And I think it's a, it's a, it's a powerful and telling story for our time. And so I think it's working whether or not you like the music. Of course, yes, there is a, but if you are a fan, you know, I've, I've mined the, uh, their archive and found a bunch of stuff. Um, that, you know, blew my mind <laughs> and, uh, including like the, the, the kind of the carcasses of the documentary filmmakers that came before me. Uh, there's some amazing, you no know, Grateful Dead never were very comfortable being filmed and didn't love the idea of a documentary. So way back in the late sixties, early seventies, when documentary crews began to follow them around, Grateful Dead had a way of dealing with this, which involved, uh, flipping something into their drink so that they <laughs> really? would become more participants you know, rather than observers. And that is some of the most incredible footage. I, th- I mean, I'll just say, I'll go out on a limb and say, I-, I don't know that there's better rock and roll documentary footage than some of this stuff we have, where Jerry Garcia is basically babysitting the the camera crew in a small trailer at a, at a festival in 1970 because they've been dosed. And, wow. um, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, for decades now, people have turned to Jerry Garcia figuratively you know, like if you're having a hard trip, you know, put on the Grateful Dead, Jerry will take care of you. Mm-hmm. You know, but they don't mean literally. You right, know? right, right. But this is this is like literally Jerry's taking Jerry care taking of care of you. Oh you know? my gosh. Because he's he's taking care of the cameraman, so in a way he's looking right at you. You know, like because you're behind the camera. And it's funny because he's high on acid too, and it's in a strange way you get the sense that he kind of knows he's talking both to the cameraman and to the future. You know, yeah. <laughs> to us pretty it's pretty intense and you uncovered this film yes yeah Uh, and we uncovered a bunch of other stuff too you know there's there's a love story uh he had a girlfriend um and before the grateful dead even existed who he lost touch with and they didn't see each other for 28 years and then they reconnected you know she went on to have her life and he went on to become a big star and this is 1991 they reconnect after almost 30 years and um she recorded the conversation. She, she kind of made her way in there to do an article for a Buddhist quarterly. And in the course of this one hour that they're talking, hear all this, they fall back in love. And Jerry professes his love to her. And it's very awkward, but very powerful and emotional. And, and, and also, you know, just the notion of like almost in this Charles Dickens way, him saying, you know, her saying, well, so what is your life like? You know, I mean, I, are you happy? And, you know, he's, he's actually not totally satisfied. And he kind of wishes that he had had a life with her and mm-hmm. tells her so. We're talking yeah. with Amir Barlev, the uh, documentary filmmaker, his, his latest film about the Grateful Dead Long Strange yeah. Trip. Let me ask you this, and this is at a crazy left field land. Uh, did you ever feel at any moment of this journey that Jerry was on it with you? That Jerry was with me? Hmm. Well, I feel Jerry's with me, you know, daily because I listen to his music. And I mean, you know, I, I, I tend to not believe in supernatural stuff, you know, so I was like, I'm a pretty scientific materialist worldview kind of guy. But, you know, I, I actually think that art is a, a way of cheating time. Um, cheating death. In fact, I think it's actually the only way of cheating death, you know. And so, uh, and, and, and it's funny, it's actually not so far out of left field, Casey, because that's a part of the film. You know, Jerry, um, Jerry's dad died almost in front of him when he was five years old. He drowned on a fishing trip. And Garcia says, you know, that this incredibly important moment happened in his life a year after that that set him on his course. And it's funny, the, the, the incredibly powerful epiphany came from watching Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein. Mm. 
that's truly out of left field, you know. And uh, and he says it, it, the reason for that is, you know, my dad had just died, he says, and I was confronted with a dead thing brought back to life, and it scared the heck out of me. And I decided to try to make to tr- to try to overcome that fear and make it a part of me. So in a way, it's a long-winded way of saying Jerry was always asking himself about mortality. You know, I mean, you can imagine if you lose your your father at a young age, you're, you're curious about how how to make things not go away. And I think he decided that digging up corpses and electrifying them was not the way to make things last forever <laughs> to cheat death. Um, but the, in the way living in the moment was, you know, so that's one of the reasons why he didn't want to, a culture built around the Grateful Dead and a, and a kind of a, a legacy and stuff. He was really disinterested in that kind of stuff, and he actually was suspicious of that kind of stuff. So you're asking, like, do, do I feel that Jerry's kicking around? Yeah, I think he is in his art. Yeah. And I think that's a very real way, in some ways more real than other ways people try to live forever, you know? And uh, so, yeah. I see the T-shirt, Amir. Art <laughs> yeah. cheats death. Yeah, Art right. Art cheats death. <laughs> I right. like it. I like it yeah, very much. Yeah, right. All right. Thank yeah. you for that. Back to a, a more middle-of-the-road question. What makes a good documentary? Because I think I watched a terrible one last night. What do you say? Yeah, makes it's not uncommon, you know, not to... You know, throw my fellow documentarians under the bus, but I, I, I have to say most music documentaries don't interest me at all because I love music and I don't feel that the film is musical. You know, and that's one of the things we tried to do is is actually make the the, the filmmaking feel musical, and we did that through ed- the way we edited and and uh, and you know a couple other different techniques. But you know, and I don't like when a music documentary will you know like usher in a contemporary musician mm-hmm. to tell you how important that musician is supposed to be so like you know like like if we had like you know uh oh, will i, know. I am or somebody you, mean, you know yeah. like oh, i remember the first time i heard yeah. jones i think that's bs it'd be like if i said oh let me oh you know i i know this really funny guy he's really funny you know you mm-hmm. gotta like make people laugh if you want to talk about humor right. make people feel turned on if you want to talk about sex and make people feel music you know be musical if you want to talk about music and uh instead of just asking people to take your word for it and uh so that's that's one you know that's one thing we try and do uh in this film you know i think also what else makes a good documentary i mean yeah i don't know that pretty much covers yeah, <laughs> i could go good. on you don't want a lesson in documentary filmmaking I know. yeah <laughs> but but if yeah. i want one i'm coming to you well, thanks a lot. <laughs> and finally, once you make a documentary, how do you get it to the public? It's not like it goes right wide in oh, all the theaters. There's two answers to your question. Or I should say, I made things especially hard for myself in the regard you're asking about because I made a four-hour film. Wow. And uh, so, you know, it's hard to get people into the movie theater to see a documentary, period. When you, when you have a four-hour film, it's doubly hard because, you know, the babysitting costs start skyrocketing mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, but we actually, like, broke a bunch of box office records when this was in theaters initially. It was in June. And then it, and then it migrated over to Amazon. And the film can be seen, uh, it's streaming on Amazon right now. But also, Westchester County, where I think you guys are, right? Yes. Okay, so it's showing on Friday and Saturday at Depot Docs, D-E-P-O-T, Docs, as in documentaries. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be shown in two parts in Garrison, and I'm sure you can find all this online. 
That's actually Putnam right. County. You're right there on the Hudson and Garrison. Sorry, Putnam County. Okay, yeah. right. Yeah. No, that's so cool. I'll be there. I'll be doing a Q&A. There's going to be a reception. That's one of the ways you get these films like this out there is uh, in community screenings like that, and I'm really excited about it. So come yeah. on out and see it. I will. You basically have to go door to door, right? <laughs> in a way, yeah. yeah. In a way. Now, yeah. Amazon, forgive me, I should know this. Amazon and Netflix, are they two separate universes? Will I ever find you on Netflix? <laughs> No, you won't. It's not. It's a. It's a very reasonable question, and it's kind of an unreasonable answer. But no, they are two separate universes. They're in hot competition with one another, and you know you have to have Amazon Prime, which I think you can get free for mm-hmm. thirty days with your free trial, whatever. Here I am shilling for Jeff Bezos, <laughs> but uh, you know, so <laughs> you'll never see this film on Netflix. Okay, you got to come it. see it at Depot Docs or actually, sorry, I should mention, I'm so glad you asked that. If you live in New York City, it's coming back. Uh, it'll be in theaters at Village East November 3rd through 9th. November 3rd through 9th. So you can come back and see it in the theaters early November in a couple weeks. Fabulous. All right. And, Thanks. And finally, because you don't back down from a challenge, what are <laughs> you working on now? I'm kind of a one-trick pony in a way. I'm okay. interested in, there's a pretty interesting story about LSD that I found. Ah. So, you know, I'm not straying too far from the story I just made. But, you know, I'm kind of down the rabbit hole, and I might as well just keep going. Right, right. And, you know, I've always found <laughs> one good thing usually leads to another good thing. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's, that's right.